We are pleased to welcome into the program Jeff Tarpley from Gigum24.com. And, uh, Jeff, it, it is the Aggies and Vandy, and I guess everybody down in the College Station area is ready to rock and roll. Everybody's just really excited to get back to a sense of normalcy because if you'll remember – I don't know, five, six weeks ago, there was a real question as if we would have college football at all. And, you know, for schools in the Big Ten, that might be something worth arguing over. In the SEC, it's a way of life, and it's just not up for debate. All right. Before we talk about uh, Texas A&M football, the landscape of the SEC this year compared to the last couple years, does the landscape change any for, for the SEC? It's changed in terms of a lot of the key players, the guys that you're used to seeing from the last year or two, the Tua Tagovailoa, the uh, Joe Burrows, people like that. Those guys are gone. Auburn lost most of its starting 22. LSU not only lost most of its starting 22, but they've also lost some people behind that. So from Texas A&M standpoint, it's a roster that's maybe not returning intact, but most of the key guys are back with the exception of, of one position, that being the receiver spot. And their experience, there's quite a few three-year starters on this team, or at least guys who saw some playing time as freshmen. You've added a couple of top ten recruiting classes, so the talent level has been elevated from what it was when Jimbo Fisher first arrived. As a result, at least from A&M's perspective, you're looking at a program that had, had a couple of years invested in it, and now they're ready to take that next step. Now, that step may not be getting to where Alabama and LSU have been the last couple of years, because you're certainly at least looking at the realistic possibility of making a New Year's Six bowl game. We're visiting with Jeff Tarpley from Gigum24.com. I heard all of these schools, Jeff, but I did not hear the University of Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> my daughter is a senior in Fayetteville. Does she have a chance to see a win, maybe two, or no? I think this is going to be such an odd year that along the way people are going to have either multiple opt-outs beyond their control or injuries simply because you're playing a 10-game SEC schedule and you're you're going to have at least one or two outings this season. Every team is where, depending on your point of view, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this, this game shouldn't be up for grabs, and it is. Or you're on the opposite side of the ledger going, oh, my gosh, we can win this thing. And keep in mind, too, that Arkansas, despite a perceived talent disparity between the Hogs and the Aggies, they've actually played A&M quite close over the last few years. Either the game has gone in the last two minutes mm-hmm. or it's gone into overtime. So A&M fans are always like, hey, this this is a game we should win. In the middle of the fourth quarter, they're tearing their hair out. So, again, <laughs> this year could get really, really weird. And Sam Pittman may be a really good fit there. Uh, he's got some pretty good coordinators. I think Barry Odom is coming in from Missouri. I think that was a really nice grab for him. But, again, they, they, he's got to build up the talent level, not just, you know, Chad Morris did okay as far as speed. A, Arkansas kind of downsides, though, from where they were under Brett Billima, so it's going to take some time nonetheless. Jeff, it's Glenn Smith. Let me ask you something. Kellen Mond being a senior this year, watching the Aggies the last two years, 
he's had his ups and downs in Coach Fisher's offense. How do you guys anticipate him playing his senior year? Everybody's been very impressed with what they've seen out of him in fall camp. In particular, he's been a more vocal leader, a more confident player. And the player, the other players around him, both offensively and defensively, have fed off that. And that's been particularly important because you look at all the losses they've had at receiver and, and, and tied in due to injuries and, and opt-outs and what all. He's going to be thrown to virtually a new cast of characters this season. And they don't have a lot of catches. They don't have a lot of on-field experience. So Mon's going to have to kind of serve as, as a tour guide for a lot of these guys. And he's going to have to be more accurate than ever. He's going to have to play with more confidence than ever. And in particular, he's going to have to be much, much better when A&M goes on the road, for whatever reason, when the Aggies get away from Kyle Field, he's just not the same guy as a passer. In particular, uh, he just makes a lot more mistakes, and ball security is an issue. He's going to have to get away from that when A&M goes on the road this year to places like Alabama, Auburn, in order for A&M to be the team that everybody wants him to be. Jeff, with the limited practices and these SEC teams jumping right into conference play, do you expect to see some upsets in the first couple of weeks of the season? I don't know about upsets. I don't. I don't know that you'll see a Big Twelve Sun Belt kind of right. weekend <laughs> uh, going on. But nonetheless, I think what you are going to see is issues with special teams, issues with penalties you know, quirky turnovers, just the normal things you see on an opening weekend. The problem is is that usually with the SEC, you're playing a directional school, and it's not a big factor. Right. Uh, for A&M, they're playing Vanderbilt. So maybe kind of like business as usual. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you're anybody else, you can't take that team for granted because they have recruited a certain level. Uh, even if it's maybe not an Alabama LSU level, they have, you know, the SEC probably has the on par the is the best recruiting league in the country. But also from the standpoint that you've got some really really highly paid coaches in this league, you take a look at the coaches that are in place now, particularly in the SEC West, as with regard to what was there last year. I mean, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are definitely a step up from what. Ole Miss and Mississippi State had last season. So you're going to have better guys doing your scheming, your game planning, which should help to keep make things more interesting, if nothing else. We know how important the fans are at Texas A&M. What, what kind of numbers are we looking at this season for home games? And will they be able to carry on some of the traditions like the sway and, and things like that? Uh, at I think everybody's going to be swinging by themselves because they're probably going to be wanting to enforce the uh, six-foot rule <laughs> right. from the get-go. Uh, they're, you know, the twenty-five percent capacity, and I think that's pretty much what everybody's operating at—not just in the state of Texas, but uh, throughout the SEC. So. Early on, I think you're going to see a lot of. Uh, you're going to have the old people there, yell leaders there, that kind of thing. But everything else is going to be yell practice is going to first point yell practice is going to be virtual. So wow. until they understand until they understand 
what they can do in terms of keeping people safe, they're probably not going to expand beyond, hey, don't congregate in common areas, Mm -hmm. wear your mask six feet apart in the stands. I think until they get a, a measure of comfort with how things are going, you're not going to see anything beyond that. Can you talk about some of the recruits that Jimbo is after right now and what the expectations are for some that's already that some of the players he's already brought on, like Desmond Dumas, and uh, what to expect going forward as far as the depth chart? At least as far as the depth chart goes, it sounds like that Jalen Jones, you're talking about the Moss, he's he certainly opened everybody's eyes. Uh, one of the receivers, in fact, was talking in an early press conference like August how you know, casually, just every day, DeMoss just does a backflip and, like, it's no big deal, just mm-hmm. like brushing his teeth. Uh, he's just an incredible athlete, but he didn't play last season. Uh, and so it's been two years since he's played. Any real extended time in football. So, it, and he's been thrown in the West Coast offense, which is a little more complicated in terms of timing. You know, running routes, precision, reading defenses, that type of thing. He's just going to have to grow into that role. Very few freshmen make a significant impact in their opening seasons. Uh, he'll eventually get there. It's just going to take time as the season goes on. Jalen Jones, though, the uh, kid from San Antonio, the corner, five-star corner, that kid is really, really good. He's probably going to be a day-one starter uh, when you're talking about the depth chart. That's a guy that's going to be the one that is the most early impact guy. I think DeMoss just kind of gradually works his way in the mix. I think Jalen Jones, though, is going to be a quality player day one. What are the expectations this season for a and I-, I think this is at least an eight-win team. Uh, and I think you have to have some kind of expectations going into Jimbo Fisher's third year because this team does have a lot of experience. They do bring most of the people back that you want to contribute on a week-to-week basis. They haven't had a lot of opt-outs. The injuries have all occurred at the same spot. They don't have uniform depth across the board they don't go too deep at every spot i think the offensive line if they have to go more than one maybe two guys is going to be a real issue but you know maybe they go up to tennessee and something fluky happens or maybe they you know they go to uh, starkville which has been kind of a house of horrors for them mm-hmm. keep in mind that's been a house of horrors for them they hadn't won there since since johnny manziel was was running around in 2012 so I think along the way something fluky happens, but I think other than the Alabama game, you know, you look at all the losses at LSU, and and for whatever reason, Auburn lost everybody. I mean, they lost everybody with the exception of a couple of key people, including Bo Nix, at quarterback. They're really rebuilding. Gus, Gus Malzahn's always on the hot seat. Uh, you've got new coaches at Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Yeah, Florida's not going to be easy. Tennessee could be problematic. Otherwise, this is still a schedule in a team built to win a minimum of eight games. If you're where you think you are in terms of your experience and your athleticism, it may not happen, but I certainly think eight, eight wins is, is very, very doable for these guys. Hey, Jeff, tell us a little bit about uh, Gigum24.com and what we can expect when we go there. 
Uh, we've got a pretty, <laughs> pretty good message board community. Uh, a lot of good guys on it. We tend to be recruiting oriented because that's what pulls people in. Uh, you know, I do a lot of the team coverage, get some assistance from Brian Peroni and Andrew Hattersley on that. But uh, Brian in particular is one of the best guys in the recruiting business. He's been doing this a long, long time. You're not going to get better recovery, better recruiting coverage from anyone than Brian Peroni if you're checking, in, checking out Texas A&M football recruiting. Hey, Jeff, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you soon, man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate y'all. You bet. Jeff Tarpley from gigum24.com.